Welcome to Everyday Heroes with your host, Jody Carroll. Yes, hello, and welcome to Everyday Heroes. I'm Jody Carroll. And today I have the privilege of having two guests in studio with me. Typically, I have phone in guests, so this is a really fun change up. For our discussion right now, we're going to hear from these two everyday heroes, John Kraft and Kirk Allen. Um, who are co-founders of a political watchdog organization in Illinois called the Edgar County Watchdogs. They took the initiative and time from their otherwise private lives to coordinate efforts to hold politicians accountable and transparent, and we get to hear their great stories. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here to share this really great work you're doing on behalf of the American public. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having us. Let's start, in, and I say the American public because you guys are in Ed, Edgar County, Illinois, but you have uh, national goals, and we're going to get to that. But let's start with uh, why you started to take this initiative. What was the impetus for stepping forward to say, look, somebody's got to hold these people accountable? Well, it was uh, actually two different incidents for myself. Um, I'm a fire chief and an EMT, and we had an ambulance call for an 11-day-old baby not breathing. And during that call, when we were all done with it, the baby was fine, but we identified that our dispatchers had not been certified to dispatch medical calls. And the board lied to me about their certifications and said they were certified. And through that process, I thought, well, if they're going to lie to me about that, what else are they lying about? Mm -hmm. And that led to uncovering an unbelievable operation just in one small unit of government in my county. So, yeah. Kirk, how did you know they lied? Because that's not something your typical person usually is able to find out. Well, I knew during the conversation uh, when your child tells you they didn't steal a cookie when you know they did, you know, there, there's <laughs> that. Got the crumbs <clears throat> on their lips. <laughs> you bet. Well, I did a freedom of information request from the Department of Public Health, the state agency that oversees those licenses, and they had not been licensed for over six years. And so we had proof that they just flat out lied about the certifications. And uh, that that really opened up my eyes to my own units of local government right there in a small, you know, small county of 18,000 people. And we later discovered the entire 911 center had not been licensed to operate. Wow. 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 So, John, what's your story? How would you get involved? Well, mine's a little less involved, but um, I went to a local school board to see about uh, getting the okay to videotape one of their school plays and then, you know, sell the DVDs to the parents. Um, at the board meeting, uh, I was told by the board that they were not going to discuss that issue that night. Uh, the next day, about 8 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call saying they gave that job to somebody else. So immediately, I knew they lied to me the yeah. night before. Mm -hmm. Um but there's really nothing I could do about it. I wasn't really rehearsed in any local government issues. I didn't know where to look for uh, to find out anything about it. Uh, and then Kirk and I just happened to be at a dinner uh, with a large group of people. We were sitting across the table from each other and telling each other, you know, how our how we got treated by different sections of local government in Edgar County, and decided to do something about it. And so, what was your first step? Um, what was the first thing that, you know, I mean, that's a really big undertaking. So where do you go? Do well, you we made a website, um, and we used to be happy when 20 people would look at it in a month. <laughs> right. And now we're up to, you know, this year we had about 1.2 million. Nice. Um, uh, the website was actually, we, we don't have any uh, 
website experience, but we taught ourselves how to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, we did that. We started going to meetings, started researching the statutes, uh, the attorney general opinions, uh, case law. Now, we're not attorneys, but we're used to reading, uh, you know, government documents. So, mm -hmm. so it was pretty easy for us to figure those parts of it out. The hard part was, um, for me, was actually speaking in public because I was scared of speaking in public. Now I'm not. Yeah, I know that story. I have the <laughs> same story. <laughs> so. You know, m most people, whenever anybody, me or anyone, understands that, you know, crony capitalism, cronyism, lack of transparency, it seems overwhelming. How have you been able to overcome that and find information that s seems impossible to find? And, and, and then there's the question of why is our media not finding it? How do you find it and our media fails to find it? Well, most of them, it's not that the media can't find it, they won't report it. Uh, they're very familiar with it. They know it's there. Uh, most of them won't report it because a lot of the local government, their tax dollars or our tax dollars go to support those agencies through different, you know, requirements of advertisements and whatnot. So the dollar always plays a role in it. What we have found is uh, whistleblowers will come forward when they know there's an outlet to get the information out there. Mm -hmm. And we get it out there. The local media won't do it. Uh, we get it out there as we do. On a small local scale, it just grows. People realize we've got the credibility. Uh, we're, we're not political. We, we follow the law. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether it's independent, you know, Republican, uh, Democrat, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The law applies equally, and that's how we apply it. Mm -hmm. And whistleblowers appreciate that, and we get it out there for them. And we, we, never, we never ask what party these people mm -hmm. are from. And we never base any, any of what we write on what party they're from because it doesn't matter to us. Right. Uh, Th that's the way it should be. Yeah. You bet. You know, follow the law. That's, you know, I, uh, in, 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 I, I'm in the village of Winfield, and I've never been politically active there. It's very small. Um, but they had an issue come up, and um, an attorney who had helped my street with an issue contacted me about it because essentially it was an attempt at um, extortion. Uh, the village of Winfield were trying to get Central DuPage Hospital to pay millions of dollars um, they were claiming that they owed to the city. Now, I have no interest in protecting Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, I'm a taxpayer, so for them to extort money is to my financial benefit. But there were flaws in the story. They were using taxpayer dollars, first of all, to create a website to really um, bash Central DuPage Hospital and get this money. And I went to a meeting, first meeting ever, and all I wanted to know from my elected officials was your narrative says that CDH owes all this money because they're a drain on the community. And I said, I said, but I want to know what the net financial impact is. You know, if, if Central DuPage Hospital left our community today, what would be the loss in revenue from people coming to use restaurants, from the people who work here and spending money at the gas stations and the restaurants? I wanted to know what the net financial impact was. Of course, I could not get an answer. I, I actually got treated quite badly. And I left that meeting, and a woman came up to me, and she said, you better be careful. They'll come after you, which doesn't feel good ever. But I persisted. I did a, a Freedom of Information Act as well. And um, probably three, or three meetings later of me going there and after the Freedom of Information Act that I um, sent them, I go to leave my garage, and I open the garage door, and there's a police officer standing there right there behind my car, scared the bejeebers out of me. And I got out and I said, can I help you? And he said, I'm here because we got a dispatch that your 
uh, alarm system has alarmed. And I said, well, it's not. You would hear it out here. And he was taking down my plate numbers of all the cars. And he left. Called my uh, alarm company and they said no such call was ever dispatched. Now, this was days following one of my most recent visits to the city council to ask for that information of the net total impact. Welcome to our world. Yes. So lucky for me, uh, shortly thereafter, Central DuPage Hospital buckled and gave them money for for the next five years. But this will come back. But that I am fairly certain, obviously I don't know for sure, that was a reconnaissance mission. I feel pretty confident that they were going to get my information to sort of, you know, maybe ruffle me up a little bit. And so do you guys experience stuff like that? All the time. What's some of your stories? Where do you want to start? Oh, um, well, your first one, because that... I, I think <sighs> I think John's probably got the most dramatic one. Um, he became unemployed because of this. Really? He lost his job over... Oh, my yeah. gosh. <clears throat> I had a full-time job working for a... For a um, that was a school and, and church. Uh, and the people that we were writing about were contributors, donators. Uh, so they um, contracted out my position, and it left me without a job. And I knew that was going to happen uh, shortly after we started writing because I was approached by by my boss and basically told not to go to a meeting anymore. And wow. My answer was, well, I'll see you at the next one. <laughs> and as long as he was employed, those local power people said, we're not going to contribute anymore as long as he's employed there. Three months later, he lost his job. Oh, that is absolutely a tragedy. It happens everywhere. And that's the challenge with local government. The local influence has a very tight grip. And if you buck the system, you are going to have to move to find another job somewhere else because they will make sure your life is miserable. You know, and that is such a deterrent for people to get involved and for people to get active. You know, when that woman said, you better watch it. I mean, she was, that, it's, it could scare anybody to say, okay, I'm never coming back again. And they can get away with whatever they want to get away with. That's why we're so effective now by going through other communities where we don't know anybody. Yeah. Nobody knows us. They cannot affect mine or Kirk's income uh, at all. We can go in there and say what we think and write about what we want to write about. And they can't affect us. Guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, but for our listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. You're listening to Everyday Heroes on Miami's AM880. Welcome back to Everyday Heroes. According to journalist Jeff Jacoby of the Boston Globe, the scope of American philanthropy is unparalleled anywhere on earth. Philanthropic giving is a quintessential American behavior and always has been. Americans are by far the most charitable, roughly twice as generous as Canadians, Spaniards, and the Irish and more than 20 times as apt to give as Germans and Italians. And that's the charity tidbit for today. Once again, I'm Jody Carroll, and in studio with me right now are John Kraft and Kirk Allen, 
co-founders of an Everyday Hero initiative to hold public officials accountable and transparent. And your organization, once again, is Edgar County Watchdogs. And your website for our listeners, and they can go make a donation to your mission, right? You it's edgarcountywatchdogs.com. So I wanted to wanted to re- revisit the whole concept of people being afraid to speak up. You know, like I said, many people, when that woman came to me at the end of my first meeting and said, you better watch it, a lot of people would never show up again. Well, the fact that a, that question or that statement even came to the surface, we need as a society to realize that's why we must step mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. and stand up against what's going on. Um, that should not be tolerated in a republic. And, and the very principles of what we stand for as a government in a, in a republic in this nation that should, should send shockwaves when people have taken that position. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling, and you know, you guys know so much more than the average person knows about the lack of transparency and the corruption that's happening. You know, this is this is Illinois we're talking about. Let's just put that out there. Everybody knows Illinois in general is a pretty corrupt, politically corrupt state. Number one manufacturing <laughs> state. In the country for uh, corruption. Yeah, <laughs> not not the number one we want to be, but Correct. Um, but you know, on the positive note, you guys are certainly creating um, a new avenue to uh, attack that corruption that can help other states. I mean, it's like uh, being trained in a hospital. You know, you want to be trained in a hospital that has the most. Uh, trauma, right? Because that's where you're going to get the best training. You guys are getting the best training in dealing with political corruption. If we can have success here, you can have it anywhere. Have it anywhere. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start into some of the things that you guys have uncovered. And I know that there's a big one in uh, very close to my home. In fact, uh, the Central uh, College of DuPage. College of DuPage. I believe it's the is it the largest community college in the country. I think so. Second largest. Uh, second largest. Higher education. Institution of higher education in the state of Illinois. Uh, the only one larger is uh, University of Illinois. In December of 2013, John filed a FOIA request, Freedom of Information request, for the president's W-2. And that was long before you saw anything in the papers about so college So why? You know, what made you think to do that? Whistleblowers. Just, just checking. <clears throat> you're just checking. You're, there's not Some, something at the surface that you're thinking, hmm, you were just curious? Yeah, somebody asked us to uh, look at what his compensation was because they thought it was uh, too high, overly generous. And so I decided to find out how much he made, and they denied my request, okay. which immediately told me they had something uh, to hide. Look further. Mm-hmm. And so what happened then as you look further? That started a two-and-a-half-year venture that has now led to FBI criminal investigations, uh, DuPage County State's Attorney investigations, Department of Education. They lost their accreditation or were put on probation. Um, there's a lot going on with the College of DuPage and the former president and some of the employees. So give us those details. What's going on? And One of the first one was uh, uh, another watchdog group uh, stumbled on an email and they wrote about it. Was it in Forbes that it was written about? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was uh, called the $20 million email. The president was allegedly um, writing about how to get the state, former Governor Quinn, to write the college a $20 million check for a, for a grant. And he kind of bragged about it in the email, and there really was no 
they didn't have any justification, so they had to come up with a justification to get the money. So there was really no reason to get the money. And once that went public, um, he uh, decided not to get, uh, write the check. Right. Yeah, that was the first big news. Um, we, we uncovered all kinds of insider deals, board members for the foundation getting contracts, no bid contracts, mm-hmm. a lot of self-dealing, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, at the five-star restaurant that he built on campus, claiming it was part of the Culinary Institute, when in reality it was his own drinking hole. And oh. liquor and food for the uh, board members prior to board meetings, mm-hmm. uh, when they're supposed to work without compensation, they were getting compensated prior to each and every meeting. Uh, Christmas presents... Uh, to board members, um, you name it. And and all through that, the pushback was pretty great, and several of the board members just insisted this was all a fabricated Mm -hmm. crisis. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here recently, they did do a one-year settlement with the IRS. They had to actually pay taxes on a lot of this, you know, fine dining and whining that they were doing, uh, which validated exactly what we told them to begin with. What Mm -hmm. they were doing was wrong, and you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So the other agencies are, are still looking into it. There's still a lot more to come. So let me ask you this. This was a two-year thing. Why Why did it take so long? I mean, where was the Tribune? Where were other organizations um, digging deeper beneath the surface like you guys were doing? And, and, and when, when, where, where, where is our um, justice system? Well, initially, uh, the local news was simply reporting uh, what uh, what we always see, they report what they're told by the public body mm-hmm. or the people in charge of the public body. Um, we started reporting on things. The the former president would put out newsletters telling everybody how we got everything wrong. Uh, and, and the turning point was when uh, we, we sued to get the meeting room moved to a larger room so the public could attend the meeting in mm-hmm. the same room. Mm-hmm. And we won that lawsuit, and that was the turning point when your local news up here started reporting actually what was going on at the college. Yeah, they didn't take their word anymore after that because they realized that their word was was not truthful. So my question as a consumer, a taxpayer, uh, a voting American is, why didn't the media dig? Why, Why would they accept? Where is investigative journalism is my question. Why is it that now we need everyday hero organizations like Edgar County Watchdogs to do what the media should have been doing, which is don't take uh, at face value what you're hearing from politicians who stand to gain power and money, uh, potentially deceiving the public. Two words, crony capitalism. I I just had an episode on crony (laughs) capitalism. (laughs) I I really, I mean, that's what it comes down to. The, The local advertising and the power brokers and the political figures they control what's going to be published. Um, there's, I mean, we're not, we're not being fooled. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with the Daily Herald on one particular story for close to two months. And when they finally put something out, it was such a whitewash of what was really happening that I, I wrote an article about the Daily, Daily Herald's failure oh my to report to the public because it, they just absolutely dropped the ball. So what, what was their response to your... No response. Okay. They, they don't ever respond. They know we're right. We published the documents and we put it right out there and we challenged them, prove us wrong. Two key words or two statements I use all the time, says who and with what proof. Mm-hmm. And all too often people say a lot of things and they can't back it up. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, you know, I, I thank, thank goodness for you guys. And, you know, it's not just that you're taking time and money to 
address this problem, but I know you're taking hits and I'm sure threats and, and things like that. And um, it's really unfortunate that our society, our, our media has come to this where we have to have groups like you, but thank goodness now we live in a world where you guys can do what you do and get your message out there. And we've got, I know you've uncovered more, more stories, more things to talk about. Let's, we're going to go to break shortly. Um, but let's, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about here is what a, a watchdog organization is, which basically, uh, let's see, I like to define terms, um, but really it's a nonprofit. You guys are a nonprofit. Correct. And your role is to critically monitor the activities of governments, industry, or or other organizations and alert the public when you detect actions that go against the public interest. And that really defines what you guys are doing. I would say more so against law versus public interest, because there's always two sides to a person's interest, you know, that back and forth. But we focus strictly on the compliance with the law. And when we identify that they're doing something that's in violation, we, we bring it to their attention. We seek that they correct it themselves and when they don't we expose them for their refusal to follow the law that is excellent thank you for clarifying i'm glad we tried to define our terms so guys we're going to take another quick break here again our listeners can visit your website at edgarcountywatchdogs.com if you can't write that down don't worry because their website will be linked to the podcast when this episode goes there but don't go away we'll be right back you're listening to everyday heroes And we're back with more Everyday Heroes. Yes, welcome back. Everyday Heroes is presented by Think Freely Media, a nonprofit organization committed to promoting the values of human achievement, freedom, and empowerment. Please help us continue our mission and bring shows like Everyday Heroes into the cultural sphere by visiting us at thinkfreelymedia.org. And we greatly appreciate a donation of any size. I'm Jody Carroll, and today we're talking with Kirk Allen and John Kraft the co-founders of Edgar County Watchdogs, an organization focused on protecting the public from political cronyism and lack of transparency. Gentlemen, so um, let's get into the story. And, and I, there's so I've seen your website. Wow. I mean, you guys have done so much valuable work on behalf of the voting public in our area. And I know one of the big stories that you have is on the Auditor General. So let's start with that. Yeah, that's probably going to be our biggest story. I mean, to date, it's our biggest biggest political figure. Uh, not that we even target political figures. It's The bottom line is we read an article where he talked about um, his campaign expenditures. And he had, they attacked him for still receiving expenditures, even though he had accepted the appointment as Auditor General, which is non-political. He's not supposed to be you know, doing that. And I thought, well, let's look at his expenditures. I wasn't worried about who's giving him money. Where's he spending it? Right. And in short order, we uncovered hundreds of thousands of dollars of questionable spending to one gas station and hundreds of thousands to one bank Hmm. in his little community. So we wrote about it. It went viral. It was picked up by the U.S. Attorney's Office. There's a criminal investigation going on regarding it. He's supposedly cooperating with them. Uh, there's been state board of election violations filed against him. He's not cooperating with them. 
Um, he's lawyered up and he's shut up. Okay. Um, but the I think the emphasis should be we're just a couple guys from Edgar County. We're nobody mm-hmm. special. We read public documents just like you would read mm-hmm. a credit card statement and realize something's not right. right. It didn't take any forensic expert to look at this. It's hidden in plain sight. It's in plain sight. Saying. Yes, ma'am. It's in plain sight. Do you ever, did you ever get any sort of under, why gas station? What's, what's with the gas station? Uh, he, he's not responding. Okay. Uh, so there, no comments whatsoever. Is, is that, I wonder if he has and, some sort of business connection with that gas. I mean, there's only so much gas you can need. Well, it's a local gas station. It's a small one and it's in the, and it's in the town where he's from. But again, there's only so much gas that any person Two, needs. Two hundred and I think it was two hundred and thirty or two hundred forty thousand dollars at that same station in in ten years. You could buy brand new vehicles so with full warranties. This is what I'm saying. Something else is going right. on. Why would you spend so much money at one gas station? There's something else going on there. Yeah, and what was interesting through that process, we had been tipped off from legislators in Springfield that there was communications behind the scene because the the legislators wanted answered because yeah. he works for them. They employ him. And he continued to stonewall them. Well, we did a freedom of information request for documents from legislators Mm -hmm. to him. And he sent me over 6,000 documents, most of which had nothing to do with my FOIA. He buried me in paperwork. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. We went through them all. And we proved, and we filed a lawsuit for a FOIA violation that he didn't give me documents I knew existed. We wrote about it. After the lawsuit, he produced those documents. Well, he gave then, them to me. He, he we didn't did, give them to you. Yeah, he gave, we did two separate ones to basically trap him. Um, we were more specific with the second request, but in the answer to our lawsuit, they have now admitted, the Auditor General, our top watchdog, has admitted to violating the Freedom of Information Act. How is it we have an Auditor General that can violate FOIA and stay in office? Yeah. That's the most basic of our mm-hmm. transparency mm-hmm. laws. Mm-hmm. We can't trust anything he does. I want to ask you about... Freedom of Information Act. How, when I did my Freedom of Information Act um, thing, what I got back, I, how do you know? Well, I, I honestly, I looked at it and I thought, I have no idea if they gave me everything. How, how would I know? I really don't know. And I know other stories. I had, I had a show on uh, the right to try. And they had done Freedom of Information Act um, to things for the federal government. They were years in waiting which to me, I thought that wasn't how it's supposed to work. And so I'm it's wondering, not. you know, I, I, here's a law that is supposed to protect us and help us have transparency, but how do you even know? That, you don't. Uh, you got lucky here then, really knowing, you already knew something was missing. Well, that's the key to whistleblowers. Okay. A, l- a lot of times, the public body you request things from was, was dealing with another public body, so you can request the same information from the other public body and chances are the other one will give you information that the first one is hiding if they're going to hide anything and and one of those uh key things that we found out one was about two years ago dealt with naperville um we requested information from naperville police department well no it wasn't this is about the uh, department of energy um but the police department's a different one. It's a good one. The, uh, Naperville had an issue with people complaining about these smart meters. Okay, so then we requested information from Department of Energy. We requested the contractor's information from Naperville, and Department of Energy responded and acknowledged that the contractor paid people 
to sit in the hearings, the public hearings, to counteract any comments that the public made against the smart meters. So you speak against them? Yeah. They would speak for them to counter you, and we paid for them to do that. Gentlemen, we're taking a quick break here again, but we'll be right back for listeners. Don't go away. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. Welcome back to Everyday Heroes. Welcome back. I'm Jody Carroll. Think Freely Media's Everyday Heroes Project is a multimedia initiative to tell stories of ordinary people transforming their communities. For more episodes and articles, please check out everydayheroesproject.com. To make a kind donation of any size toward these efforts, please visit us at thinkfreelymedia.org. Once again, our heroes today are focused on government accountability and transparency. Kirk Allen and John Kraft are in studio with me today to tell us about their efforts with the Edgar County Watchdogs in Illinois. They're telling us how they're trying to shine the spotlight on government corruption, an effort to help voters stay informed rather than misled. That's something I I so understand um, the need for. Anyway, so we closed the last segment uh, talking about things happening over there in Naperville. And I know there's more to that story. So we want to finish that up. Well, this is kind of an example of uh, Naperville actually holding themselves accountable. They, we, we got a tip that uh, the police department was using public emails to lobby for a bill or a bill change. Uh, so I FOIA'd all the information, and it turns out they weren't doing that. Uh, but in the process, the FOIA officer for the police department redacted the email addresses, and they can only redact private email addresses, not, not public, public ones. And then I asked her, uh, who redacted this? Oh, I did. I said, are those public or private emails? Well, they're all private. Um, and the software we used, we didn't know it at the time, but she improperly redacted them. And we could read the text underneath the redaction. So I knew they were public email address. If you moused over it, the email would pop up and you yeah. could see it. She left the hot link in there. <laughs> so so I, we wrote an article about it, and the police chief called me and, and said, Hey, uh, we read your article. Would you come in and file a complaint? Um, so we did. And, and, and he ended up uh, discharging that employee for violating their own policy. Nice. Which, and it's good that they're holding themselves accountable. Yeah. So what was in it for her? Um, I don't know. And why did she think she could get away with it? I don't know, but there was a series of two or three emails where I'd already noticed. I wonder if she was getting strong-armed by somebody to do this. I mean, what would be her incentive is my know. question. You, who, who knows, unless she was married to someone that thought that maybe their email would get out and she didn't know what was in the emails you right. know, without reviewing them all. But we don't know why they do some of these things. Well, you know, usually it's follow the money. Right? I mean... More often than not. (laughs) That's typically what we need to look for. So uh, we talked earlier about the College of DuPage and things happening there, but you guys have some new information on that. Well, it's the silly season, election cycle. Uh, (laughs) Petitions have been turned in, and in December, um, all of those petitions, you know, they had a deadline. There was uh, objections that had been filed. And one of them in particular, we've... uh, the watchdog that turned the actual objection in has uncovered um, petition fraud. 
they actually photocopied a whole sheet of signatures. They actually did it twice and then separate swearing under oath that those were true and authentic and turned them in so that they had extra you know, signatures. That's a criminal crime. How do you find that out? Once again, like how, how, how do you know, how do you know this? How you do you look, find it out? You look at a piece of paper, you page one and page two, all the signatures are identical. You hold them up to the light. It's a perfect photocopy. One's in color, one's in black and white. They're sworn on different days. So that is an intentional, you, you but know, is, is the election commission not looking at these things and finding well, this out? The, in this case, the objection is filed. The elect the, uh, board the electoral board which is set up by the college will have their hearing and uh though i'm sure when they see it they'll determine that that person is not allowed to be on the ballot and and additionally the electoral board or the election commission doesn't have the right to look at the documents or inspect it or to object they can only hear objections brought to them really so if nobody right. objects they're on the ballot so so what you're saying what i oh, please correct me if i'm wrong what you're saying is they don't check who is running. That's not their place. <laughs> they just accept well, the documents. Whose place is it the to public. know that? Uh, but uh, it's our job to assure that they're not filing bogus documents. It's not an election com committee or commission's job to Correct. know that these documents are not bogus. Their only job is to receive the documents and stamp them received, and that's it, period. And then it's up to the citizenry to check those to see whether or not they want to file an objection and then that commission is kicked into gear to hear the objections brought forward by the citizens. Wow. I, 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 I didn't know it was like that. It's that bad. And again, thank goodness for people like you who are stepping forward to do this. Is it kind of a full-time job? Yeah, at this point, for us it is. We do this full-time. Especially in the state of Illinois? Yes. But you guys are, are moving beyond the state of Illinois. You, you've had national recognition you, your stories have been covered nationally. You, people know who you are. Well, yeah, we had one covered, uh, was it 2014? Uh, with the uh, Clark County Park District. Um, we, well, I did a citizen's arrest on the entire park board because they wouldn't let citizens talk during the public comment session of their board meeting, and it's a requirement and violations of the Open Meetings Act in Illinois are Class C misdemeanors. All right, we we got to get a little bit more into that. That sounds like a really good, fun story we have to talk about. <laughs> it's not very often you have somebody say, and I made a citizen's arrest. <laughs> so I'm sure there's... And the sheriff upheld it. I love it. I can't... Okay, we're, we're going to get uh, more into that story when we come back, but uh, we are going to, John and Kirk, here, go for another quick break. For um, our listeners, you can learn more or make a kind donation at their website, edgarcountywatchdogs.com. If you can't write that website down, once again, don't worry because it will be linked to the podcast when this episode goes there. But please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Everyday Heroes. And we're back with more Everyday Heroes. Welcome back to Everyday Heroes. I'm Jody Carroll. Everyday Heroes is dedicated to championing the amazing individuals and organizations in our nation who aren't demanding policies and politicians change our world for the better, 
but instead are taking the initiative to step up and organize to create that positive change. Once again, today we're hearing from two real heroes of government corruption and transparency. John Kraft and Kirk Allen are co-founders of Edgar County Watchdogs in the state of Illinois. Edgar County Watchdogs, as its name applies, is a watchdog organization doing the work the media should be doing, but too often is not, uh, which is investigating below the political surface and educating the public on things, you know, they really have a right and, quite frankly, a duty to know. So, guys, I, I want to uh, finish this last segment with a discussion about your success. First of all, it's amazing. Here's two guys left the you know comforts of your private life and your private home to do something that, quite frankly, is scary and costs time and your own money. I want to talk about the success you guys have had and why. How, is, how have you been this successful? And did you see it coming? Like, did you, when you started this, could you have imagined where you are? No, no, not even remotely. I love it. Um, and and yeah, we we had no idea it was going to get to, get this far. The one one big reason for the success is we publish the information we find. We publish our opinions on that information, and we publish the actual documents mm-hmm. given to us by the public body. Mm-hmm. You can't dispute their own documents, right. and they can't dispute their own mm-hmm. documents. So you could be fact-checked and, and easily. We, and we correlate that with the actual statutes to reflect what they violated or how they violated the law. And then we demand accountability. You know, when we tell people, well, that's criminal, go file a criminal complaint. They always, you know, criminal, we think of, you know, a DUI or the druggie on the street or, you know, domestic violence. Well, politicians can break the law and that's a crime. And our law enforcement has a duty and obligation to investigate and our state's attorneys have an obligation to prosecute. Mm-hmm. And we demand that that procedure be followed. That's what our laws are set up mm-hmm. to do. And that success comes through public embarrassment through the articles. You mm-hmm. put someone's picture up there and talk about how they broke the law and prove it. Eventually, they get tired of being confronted at the grocery store. And typically, they'll resign or, or retire or step out. Um, in a few cases, we've seen prosecutions. But... In the last three and a half years, we're up to about 205 or 207 public officials that have fled office. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's talk bigger. Nation, national. What's the goal? What's the plan? Go ahead, John. Um, American Watchdogs, uh, we have started a national organization. We filed our paperwork to become 501c3 nonprofit, and that the idea is to develop chapters in every state and train people in those chapters to do what we're doing here in the state of Illinois. That is absolutely fantastic. Based on that, I want to make sure uh, everyone listening, uh, you can go to their website, uh, edgarcountywatchdogs.org and make dot a, com. Uh, I'm sorry, dot com and make, thank you, uh, make a kind donation to that really important goal of um, taking what they're doing and the su- success of it and making it something that's national and hopefully getting trained to be like these gentlemen stepping out of the comforts of your own, you know, zone and holding politicians accountable. Gentlemen, anything else you want to add to this discussion before we start to close? Well, it's easy to talk about uh, the issues with local public bodies if you know what the rules are. Mm -hmm. That's the idea behind the training. Get you to understand the rules so you can go to your local public body and talk about it. Yeah, you you have a right to speak at a meeting. Most people don't realize that. Right. That is a right, right written in the laws. Right. 
Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for what you do, and I wish the best of luck to you in the future. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. For our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode of Everyday Heroes presented by Think Freely Media. Please join me here again next week for another episode of Everyday Heroes. Everyday Heroes are what make America, America. Thanks for listening to Everyday Heroes. For more episodes and articles, check out everydayheroesproject.com.